And now, on Prophetic Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another week's broadcast here at Prophetic Faith. I am Pastor Robbie Barrett, pastor of Excelling Faith Ministries in Tazewell, Virginia. Tonight we're going into part two of volume two, where we're learning about perfectionism. Yes, <clears throat> a culprit that we don't think that is hindering us and that's not causing us to procrastinate, but oftentimes it's that sensation or that feeling that we've got to always have things perfect everything's got to be just right for us to move on the things of God that is robbing you of the best that God has for you the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and as we seen at the as the man by the pool he kept waiting for the right scenario but the right scenario never came and so we're seeing tonight through this message how the enemy keeps robbing people because he keeps feeding that deception of it's got to be perfect, it's got to be right. But as we're learning right now that faith takes a hold of what God says and doesn't care what it looks like, what the opportunity is, it seizes the moment. So let's get into this message right now. It's going to stir your faith up and I'll see you at the end of the program. Somebody say amen if you're with me. That's what people think. They think, man, if it's a God thing, it's just going to fall right into place. Don't buy into that lie. Now watch. Jesus looked to the man and he said, it's not about if someone's trying to jump in front of you. He said, it's not about if somebody's helping you in. He says, I, watch this. His answer was standing right in front of him. Forget about the pool. Forget about the troubling of the water. Your answer, what you've been longing for for 38 years, is right in front of you, and you can't see it because you think it's got to be one way. Are y'all seeing this now? His answer was right. The one who troubled the water to begin with, come on, the, the one who is healing to begin with was standing right in front of it. Would y'all agree with me that his opportunity was standing right in front of him? But he was just this close... Watch this. He was preaching his excuses to his opportunity. Woo, let me say it again. He was preaching his excuses to his opportunity. I wonder how many of us so many times are preaching our excuses to our opportunity. Well, you know, I just can't do this. I can't do that. Well, you know, it's never favorable. Oh, it's always storming, this, this, and that. All these excuses we use, all they are is exactly what I said. They're excuses. Can, and I'm going to say it like this. And I'm going to say it in love. There is no excuse for you not to do what God has told you to do. Let's give the Lord some praise on that today. There is no excuse. None. There is not, Watch this. When we stand before God, 
I will not be able to give him a valid excuse on why I didn't preach the gospel. Would y'all agree with me? None. And see, but uh, that's all we hear so many times from people is excuses. Well, you know, I would do what God said, but. Oh, you know, I know, I know I need to do this and do that, but this right here. They're observing the, the wind. Oh, I can't do what God said. This right here is not right. Oh, I can't go to church. I don't have my life together. I can't do this. I can't. Quit waiting and seize the opportunity. Somebody say amen on that. Matthew 25, 15. Let's read right there. Let's go to Matthew 25, 15. It says, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. So were they able to to handle that? Yes. Let's read on. And straightway took his journey. So he left them there with their talents. And then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. They doubled it. Likewise, he that received two, he also gained another two. He doubled his. Why? Because he had the what? Ability to. All right. Verse 18. But he that had received the one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants come, cometh and reckoned with them. So he's going to evaluate what they had done. And he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more talents. And his Lord said unto him, Well done. You good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you what? Ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And also he that received two talents came and said, Lord, you gave unto me two. Behold, I've gained another two besides them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now let's get to this last one. Then he that had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. Boy, he's preaching a good, isn't he? I knew you were a hard man. Reaping where you sowed not. Let me flip the page. And gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid. Now he's trying to preach to him reverence fear now. I knew, what kind of, I knew what kind of man you were, and I was afraid. So here's what I did. I went and I hid my talent in the earth. And lo, here it is. The one you gave me, at least you got that one back, right? That's a pretty good excuse, isn't it? Let's go on. And the Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant. Woo! Okay. You knew that I reaped where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. You ought to therefore have put the money into the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. He said you should have put it in a place where I could have gathered interest on it. Now, let's look at this today. Alright, so what does this have to do with procrastination? Let's deal with that. The third servant, so we know the five took his five and doubled it. The two took his two and doubled it. But the last servant was a procrastinator. Now watch this. He was... Now why was he procrastinating? Because he had a threat of failure. What if? 
Isn't that what we say all the time? What if? And watch this. If we're somebody who's governed by conditions, I guarantee you, you're going to say that. What if? Well, what if this doesn't work out? Or what if that doesn't happen? Or what if that uh, falls through right there? And what if, what if, what if? And then we sit around and do nothing because we have not mastered the threat of failure. So in other words, we ask ourselves this question, but what if I fail? What if I fail? And so this third servant, he took that one talent. Instead of taking it, yeah, and equaling the risk, but taking that opportunity... Look, he had an opportunity to gain more than what he had to start with. But because he did not master the threat of failure, he procrastinated and said, I'm just going to hide this thing and, and, you know, hey, at least I didn't lose what it gave me. I didn't gain anymore, but at least I didn't lose what it gave me. But look what he said right here. He said, I knew that you reaped where you did not sow. So watch this. Now, you may, when you first read this, you may say, well, you know what? He had a, a valuable point, and you know, at least he didn't lose what he had. Yeah, he didn't gain any, but at least he didn't lose what he had. But look at what he said. He said, I knew. Somebody say, I know. I know that you reap where you sow not. In other words, the, the wicked servant was saying, I know you wanted this to increase, but I refuse to do it. Y'all see that now? It wasn't like he was, I didn't know. I didn't know you, you didn't want me to uh, add on to this. No, he said he knew, didn't he? He said, I know that you wanted to reap something. But by my procrastination, I refused to give you any gain. I wonder how many, watch this, you know, as, as a body of Christ, we're going to be before God one day at the... Uh, the the judgment seat of Christ or the judgment of the church. Not the great white throne judgment, but the judgment of the church. And I wonder how many people is going to say, well, yeah, I knew you wanted me to sing, but I just... I knew you wanted me to preach the gospel, but... Oh, I, I knew you wanted me to start a ministry or to, or to uh, do a business, but... You see... He thought that if the conditions aren't right, I'll fail. And I wonder if that is an attitude of a perfectionist. Is if the conditions aren't right, I might fail. But let me point something out to you today. Did the five not take a risk? Did the one with the two not take a risk? Absolutely, didn't he? The five took a risk. The, the one with the two took a risk. But guess what? Even though they had the threat of failure, they still seized their opportunity. Can I tell you something in here today? That God would rather you do something than nothing at all. Woo, let me say that one more time. I said God would rather you do something than nothing at all. You see, watch this. You know, I would love for all the things of God to be absolutely crystal clear. 
you know, go, walk 10 more steps and then take a right and then go 10 miles down the road and you're going to hang a left. I wish it was like that. But there's a lot of times God just says, get there. He don't exactly tell you how to get there. I mean, he knows what I'm talking about. But you know what? Guess what? Even though you don't know all the details, that does not mean that you can't, watch this, weigh out the risk and say, you know what? I believe that God's going to keep me. I believe that God is going to have his hand on me. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something with what he has given me. Somebody give the Lord some praise in here today. Do something. Amen. Do something. When we were opening up this church, it was not certain. We didn't have anything to start with. I mean, nothing. Now, that was not favorable conditions. Can I tell you all like this, and I believe it's going to help a lot of people. Just about everything that God has ever told me to do or placed in my spirit to do for Him, it did not look favorable. I hope that helps you all out today. Because you see, if you're one of those people that says, man, it's got to look favorable. If if it's not looking favorable, then God's not in it. You're in for a hard time. Because there's many times that things did not look favorable, but God was all in it. I'm going to say it one more time. There were times where things looked in my life that there's no way that God could have been in it. God was all up in it. But you see, that's what makes Him God. Is He is above what you think. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I rarely do anything the way people think I should do them. So he looks to the man. It says, even if you were afraid, even if you knew how, know how I was and I wanted something to increase, something would have been better than nothing. What did he tell him? He said, you should have put it in something. I could have got some usury out of it. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, do something. Do something. Well, I don't see a door opening for me to preach. Preach somewhere. I don't see a... You know, I, I, I've never been on a praise team before, but I know God's called me to sing. Show up to practice. Do something. Amen? Oh, I, I know God's want me to, to step out in a business, but I just don't know how... We'll start somewhere. Talk to some people that started their own business and do something. You see, because I'm telling you, if you're waiting for the, everything to be just right, it's never going to happen in your life. We must seize the opportunities that are before us. Now, let's go on to the next one. Joshua, or excuse me, not Joshua, James 4, 17. Look at this right here. <clears throat> Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not, it is what? You mean to tell me, Pastor, that if I know what I'm supposed to be doing for God and I'm not doing it, that I'm in sin? Yes. I know God's called me to prophesy and pray over people, but I've not done it yet. How long are you going to be in sin? I mean, it's something we got to think about. I know God's called me to preach. You know what Paul said? And I know, listen, I know we live in a time where people think it's not a big deal. Hey, God loves me. He knows I'm not perfect. He knows I'm not this and that. You know, this is the things that people use. But this is what Paul said. And this is New Testament speech. 
Paul's in the New Testament. He's in the New Covenant. He's under grace. He said, if I don't preach this gospel, he said, woe unto me. How many can vouch for me this morning and say, that's what Paul said? That's what Paul said. He didn't say, if I don't preach this gospel, the grace of God is covering me. He did not say that, did he? He said, woe to me if I don't do what I know I should be doing for God. Because if I don't, when you say woe in the Bible, that means something bad is going to happen. Woe. Cheryl, you've been learning here in the book of Revelation. When you see a woe, you be looking for trouble. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I've had to preach this gospel when there were times it was not favorable at all. There's been times that I would preach and go home and just cry my eyes out just because I was so broken. But you got to preach. Amen? Heather, I know sometimes you probably don't want to sing. You probably just rather cry instead of sing. But you got to sing anyway. Why? Because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Amen? And we say, yes, sir. Yes unto your will. So watch this. When we don't do, what's procrastination? Putting off what you know you need to do. Is that right? God says when we do this, we are sinning. How many in here this morning, and I, I don't want you to answer out loud, but just think. What's God been telling you to do and you're not doing it? What's God told you time and time again to do and you're not doing it? What you waiting on? Let's be real. I'm waiting on the conditions to be right. They're never going to be right. Seize the moment. The Lord did not applaud the third servant. He didn't applaud him. And saying, well, you know what? You were just using wisdom. At least you didn't lose what I gave you. No, he rebuked him. Why? Watch this. Because he let the fear of not being perfect stop him from being productive. Lord, Jesus, let me say that one more time. He let the fear of not being perfect. What's a perfectionist? What's somebody who has the spirit of excellence? What do they have to master? That fear of not being perfect. Because if you don't, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to be productive. Somebody say amen if you're getting this today. Psalms 119 Verse 60, it says, I made haste, I delayed not to keep your commandments. That ought to be every one of our attitudes 24-7. When God told me, when, when God reveals to me what He wants me to do. Now let me stop right here, <clears throat> because this is the part where people say, well you know what pastor? I just don't know what God wants me to do. I just don't know. How many, how many, when you try to witness to people or people at work or this or that, how many hears that all the time? I just don't know what God wants me to do. I would do what God wants me to do, I just don't know. Well, guess what? James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. <clears throat> It doesn't stop there. It says that God will give liberally. He won't find fault in you asking Him. So let me say it like this. <clears throat> You've got a God who's just itching to reveal what He wants you to do. 
So it's not like you're over here with a road flare saying, hey, God, I need to know. I need to know. Come on, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. No, no, no. He's not hiding himself. You've got a God that says, come to me. Let me show you what I purpose you to do. Let me show you your value. Let me show you why I created it. Let me show you why, uh, even though other people rejected you, let me show you why I chose you. So watch this. For us to use that excuse is no excuse. Right? Because according to the Bible, it ain't about what I feel. According to the Bible, I have a God that really, 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 really wants me to know what I should be doing. That He says, ask me. Come on, ask me. So for me to go around and say, well, you know what? I would do what God wants me to do, but I just don't know what He wants me to do. That's not good enough. Because the Bible says He wants me to ask. So watch this. Do you know there's a difference between being ignorant and stupid? Y'all know that? Now see, watch this. When you call somebody stupid, you're saying they're unlearnable. They can never learn it. They will never get it. And you shouldn't be doing that. When you're calling people ignorant, Paul said, watch this, in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, my brethren, I will not have you ignorant to the ways of the Spirit or the spiritual gifts, right? So when you call somebody ignorant, you're saying you can learn it, you can obtain it, you've, it's just not been revealed to you yet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so there's a difference. But a lot of people want to combine them. Watch this. God wants us to know what He wants us to do. He wants you to know what you're called to do. Quit procrastinating and just say, God, show me. I'm up here this morning preaching because I knelt beside my bed one night and said, God, I want you to show me what I need to do. I've heard it from other people, but I want to know from you. And guess what God did? He showed me. And I did not procrastinate. I made haste. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. Now, in my flesh, did I want to do it? No. In my flesh, I thought, this is crazy. I'm going to look foolish. I, the first time I ever got up, I may have spoke five words. And I, I sat back down in the pew and I said, I am not doing this again. But here you see me. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. If you're waiting for things to be favorable, it's never going to happen. Because I'm telling you, the enemy will make sure that it doesn't look good enough. Don't make the move. He'll always make sure of that. Now watch this. <laughs> you need to remember this. When you get home, write it down on... Praise God. If you're a person that is always considering the conditions before you move in God, you're never going to move. If you're that type of person that says, you know what, it's, it's, it's got to be the right time, it's got to be the right feeling, it's got to be all this before I take a stand or before I take a step out in faith, you're never going to take that step. I've heard so many people say so many times to me, they say, you know, Pastor, when I get my life together, I'm going to be in church. And you know what I tell them? I say, you never, I'll never see you. Why? Because if you're waiting to come into the church to get perfected, to get you know, matured and learn and grow, then you're never going to reach that place. So as we see that the enemy is robbing us of the best that God has for us, because faith 
does not wait for the right time. Faith doesn't wait for the right conditions. Faith makes the right conditions. If you see so many people in Jesus' ministry that received from Him, you notice that they did not wait for the right or the perfect scenario. They just grabbed a hold of it and they said, I know this is mine and I'm not letting go until I get it. And guess what? Every time they did that, they received. And ladies and gentlemen, if they received, then we can receive. So I want to pray right now that you will get boldness to step out and go right now. Not waiting for the right scenario, not looking at the conditions around you, but just saying, I'm taking what's mine and I'm going forward in the things that God has for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for every person that is watching this, Lord, that it has stirred something in them. It's released something, Father, to, to make them consider and think, wait, it's not about the perfect scenario. It's not about having everything right. It's about stepping out and making things right by faith. Lord, I pray right now that they will begin to step out, that they will do everything that you've called them to do, that they will not wait for the perfect time, but they will make it the perfect time by faith. I thank you for this. And Lord, I pray for every person that may be watching this that does not know you. Father, you're my best friend, and you'll be their best friend. All they've got to do is call out to you. Say, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Will you come and be the Lord of my life? And I thank you, Father, that you will be right there. No matter where they are, no matter how dark their situation is, you will meet them right where they are. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Faith Partners, I've got to take this time to tell you thank you for your giving, for your support and prayers to this ministry. You help us take this gospel to new locations, to further out. God gave us a mandate. He said, go into all the world and preach to every creature. That's exactly what we want to do, and you help us do that. And if you're watching this tonight and you're praying, you know, God, I'd like to become a faith partner. How can I do that? All you've got to do is come in contact with this ministry. Our announcer's coming up very soon, and he's going to tell you exactly how you can connect with this ministry and become a partner because the Word of God is very clear. When you partner with a ministry, you receive the same blessings that the ministry receives. And I want you to think about that. I myself am partners with other ministries because I know the value of it. Paul said, Be not deceived, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's in any area of your life. Those of you that write us in, asking for prayer, or just to tell us how much different programs blesses you that we preach or teach on here. Thank you so much for that. You encourage me, and it really blesses me, and I enjoy writing you back and just responding to your, your answers or your prayers or anything like that. Sorry, your questions, excuse me. So, until then, keep walking by faith. I'll see you right here next week. Be blessed. If you would like to become a faith partner, please contact us at P.O. Box 264, Tazewell, Virginia 24651. You may also reach us at 276-971-2333. You may also request information at AccelerateFaith.org. Our email for faith partners are faithpartner at AccelerateFaith.org as well.
command the lame to walk. We command it in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar.